0: we're live again here we are <laughs> louise look at us we've done this now two weeks in a row going live
1: is it a habit
0: is it a habit yet if you do it twice i don't know if it's a habit yet but it's definitely a trend we're t- we're trending we're trending. <laughs> <laughs> we're trending towards a habit how about that
1: oh i like that yeah, right trained. Trained. yes um So hi, how are you? I'm good.
0: I'm good. I have had an interesting, well, I think we've all had an interesting week. Uh.
1: Lots lots of stuff, lots of feels. There's a Um, lot of
0: stuff and a lot of feels for sure.
1: For sure. Um, Yeah. So if you were going to wrap up the week weekly wrap-up. Do the weekly wrap-up. That's right. Um, what What's going on in uh, the world of work? Oh, that's so many W's. The world of work, weekly wrap-up. Um, that's a lot of alliteration.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, and I can add to that because I have, I have some wrap-ups from the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post. Oh, good grief. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Apparently had W's on the brain. Um, so why don't we start with this one? Um, I found it fascinating. It was a Wall Street Journal ar- article. I think it came out today. As a matter of fact, it's been a long day. So who knows? It could have been yesterday, day before, who knows? Um, it was an article about new employees ghosting um their new employers at like a record rate. In fact, like Southwest Airlines was saying 15 to 20% of their new incoming employees are ghosting them and not showing up. Like oh they accept the job goodness. and they don't show up.
1: Uh, tables have flipped then. It sounds like, cause I can remember, right. You being ghosted by an employer and you never hear back after an interview and you're like wondering what's going on. So why, why do you think, why do you think that is? Um, it, well, it was interesting in the
0: article, they were talking about a couple different, re- well, they said one reason was, um, dating apps. <laughs> they blamed it on dating apps. Okay. <laughs> that was hysterical. So they said that the, um, the dating apps have like caused a culture of ghosting people. So like you say you're going to show up for a date, but you don't because, you know, you stand across the street and you're like, oh no, bad vibes. And then you don't show up for the date. I guess. I don't know. I'm not on a dating app, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one thing. But the other thing that they were saying was that the number of people who accept a job um, get another offer in before the start date of that mm-hmm. job. And it's a, it's a better offer. And they take that instead, but then to not let the first employer that they accepted know that they're not coming. Um, and it it was interesting, Louise, when you said that the tables had turned, because I don't think they have. I think hearing from um, people that I know who are looking for positions, employers are still ghosting potential employees.
1: Oh, what goes around comes around? I guess so. Uh, maybe we'll all be swiping right or is it swipe left i don't even know what direction. Yeah, I, I think you're probably not yeah don't just don't <laughs> swipe <laughs> what uh, did you
0: find like what do you want to wrap up this week what what's interesting for you in the worldwide web of work
1: well for me um uh, what kind of came up or bubbled to my attention anyway is that you know, put me down a rabbit hole like it normally does Uh, was that there's a large manufacturer here in Winnipeg who announced that they're laying off hundreds of employees. Um, And so much like the beginning of the pandemic with massive shutdowns and a lot of people um, losing work, here we are still still seeing kind of these ripple effects um, from supply chain issues to like all kinds of things to inflation, people hanging on in their money a little bit more, whatever that looks like. And it started me thinking around, you know, this this great resignation or whatever you want to call it, this influx or outflow, influx of people into the the labor market, yet we're still seeing a labor shortage. So it's not like we don't have people who want to work. We just have people who are something, right, Mm -hmm. who are choosing something different. And often up here in Canada, I feel like we're like, Looking at the U.S. with <laughs> all kinds of awe and wonder about all kinds of things, um, what I'm talking about is the this Great Resignation, and I hear often that it's not happening here in Canada mm-hmm. to the to the effect or the impact that it is in the US. And so I had did a little research on like, what is really going on in Canada? And I was really surprised. And so it's a very low number of people who actually have left their jobs for whatever reason, like we'll, we'll talk layoffs, leaving actively no longer working.
0: Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the
1: number is really quite small of, of folks who are joining this pod of people who aren't, aren't working. Um, what surprised me the most was the number of people who would um, who are actively looking for work or will consider leaving their jobs in the next year. And so it goes from something like three percent of people are adding to the to, to actually leaving work. Seventeen uh, percent of people are actively looking for work and 39% of Canadians will consider leaving their jobs in the next year. And I was just, I was floored. So I feel like all of this, uh, this the the labor shortage we're going to start to see that's happening in the US is really going to start to happen here. We're just a little bit delayed, I guess, in our reaction, but that really surprised me. And um, yeah, it, it all kind of that was a little bit of my wrap up was just kind of like setting the stage Mm -hmm. for what's to come, really. And how do we start to as coaches? Mm -hmm. Right. How do we start to help people navigate what that looks like? Um, You know, are you in the right place doing the right thing or the wrong place doing the right thing or the wrong place doing the wrong thing? Like, who knows? But let's try to figure that out. So that you can start to actually take control of your career and, and and what work looks like. Yeah.
0: It's so interesting because I know that earlier in the week, there was a statistic about March numbers in the US and there were more people quitting their job in March. And I, I think, and don't don't necessarily quote me on this because I didn't write this statistic down, but I think they said that more people quit in March than had quit in any other single month since 1947
1: oh my gosh
0: yeah it was it was nuts and i i um didn't go back to look for that uh the article that i'd seen that in um before today's um uh session because what's hitting the news now in the us is that april was a banner month um for hires so if we look at how many people quit and then how many people were hired you know it makes a better story to talk about how many were hired so Mm -hmm. While the statistics are fascinating to me, it's also how do we, how are they being spun and how are we talking about them, right? Absolutely. So um, food for thought. Um, Speaking of food for thought, would you like to dive into our meaty discussion for the week? Um, We wanted to talk about money. And obviously what we were talking about deals with money, right? Mm -hmm. If, if, if if you're taking a different job in between the time that you've accepted an offer and the time that you actually start a job, likely money is involved.
1: Absolutely. And <laughs> if you're quitting, likely money is involved, <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, more involved perhaps than it should be. I don't want to shit on anyone, but I don't shit on people. money takes uh, a front seat uh, for a lot of things that we we do or we consider. It's true. And what's so interesting
0: is when I started working with money, I didn't understand this concept of money stories, like that we actually create stories around money.
1: Had you heard that before we got into this coachy world? (laughs) Not at all. It was very coachy, um, I thought, because I was like, well, what do you mean how I feel or treat money like what do you mean that's a story uh i i I really actually didn't understand until i started to unpack it a little bit and really start to see that the beliefs that i have around money um of course come from my past my history all of the things that people talked about how they talked about money um but yet they're just not true they're just not true um, and so starting to unpack actually my money stories kind of opened the door to me unpacking some of my other stories too. But this whole idea of like the thing that we believe um, to be true just isn't true. And money is a big part of that. Yeah.
0: I feel like money stories um, are important for a lot of reasons, um, but there it's, it's you know, the, the big three sex, religion, and money. Like, right. Shh. Don't talk about those things. And now it's like, I just want to be like, yes, talk about all of those things.
1: Well, right? absolutely. that That's a, another, um, another trend I'm seeing in some of the, of the world of work out there in the news is really around pay transparency. Um, oh, yeah. Like, I don't know, like a lot of people are like, whoa, 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 you can't know. How can you know what I make?
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say that because there was actually this other article (laughs) talking about the weekly wrap up. Um, This other article that was talking about the motherhood penalty, right? Um, Working, working mothers, whether or not they take time out of, um, uh, from work or they continue working, there's this penalty, um, that gets paid for for being a working mom um, in addition to being a working woman. And um, the I, number one thing that they were saying in there was this idea of um, pay transparency is so important to leveling the playing field and creating some equity, right? Um, it's it's just, it's it's fascinating. Um, I do want to um, quickly, before we continue diving into this idea of money stories, um, just if you have any questions or thoughts, um, if you're joining us uh, live, drop them into the comments. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions um, for us, or if you just want to join the conversation in any other way, please um, drop it into the comments. Um, if you're joining us on the replay, welcome. We're glad you're here too. And uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. So um, Louise, why are money stories important? <laughs>
1: <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> um, so it's such a driver for so many things, and you know when we look at, I think, anyways, when I look at how I want to be autonomous, like how I want to be in control of where I'm going and and the the journey and the destination. I think oftentimes it's our money stories that end up in the driver's seat and we make choices or decisions based on money or what we believe money has the power to bring us.
0: That belief is the, is the part that gets to me, right? It's like when we, um, We can believe that money can bring us great things. We can also believe that money can destroy us, right? Um, my greatest fear for a long time was living in a paper box. That's how I would describe it. Um, I had no evidence, no reason why I would think that that would happen. And yet it it scared me and it kept me from having um, any connection with money that would... Um, create abundance in in my life. Um, so it definitely, and I love how you had shared with um, how you shared with us that money. I'm trying to remember exactly how you said it. It was that place where the uh, I lost my train of thought completely that happens live. So it was that it's that idea of where do we have, where do we have control, right? The money stories impact. Money stories show up, um, and they impact so many different areas of our of our lives. So how do we start to unpack them in a meaningful way that then can flow out from there into those other
1: areas? Well, and I love the. I love how you used uh, flow because that is part, I think, of something like (laughs) we kind of get jammed up around money Mm -hmm. and we start to have this, this idea of like, we either don't have enough of it, so we have to hang on to it or how do I get more of it? Um, But it's, it's not a very flowy place. And I find this really interesting because we actually, we call the money we use every day currency. Yeah. Which is blows my mind because currency is flow. Currency goes like through you. Currency is it, it's electricity. Who would want who would want to to hold on to all that electricity? Like it can get really, really damaging. And I think that you know, when we stop to think about the money and and how we want money to flow through our lives, um, I think then that becomes very powerful. Um, it doesn't mean that we we don't um, as- that we don't aspire for things or that we don't set goals, but it's also this idea of like like how I, I want to say bunged up. How do we not get bunged up um, around? I think our- that's a perfect way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so I have a quote here
0: that I want to share. It is from um The Soul of Money by Lynn Twist. And I think it speaks to what you were just saying. Money is like water. It can be a conduit for commitment, a currency of love. Money moving in the direction of our highest commitments nourishes our world and ourselves. What you appreciate appreciates. When you make a difference with what you have, it expands, collaboration, creates prosperity. True abundance flows from enough, never from more. Money carries intention. If we use it with integrity, then it carries integrity forward. Know the flow. Take responsibility for the way your money moves in the world. Let your soul inform your money, and your money express your soul.
1: Is that a cool? That's quote? yeah. <laughs> It is absolutely has a lot to do with flow, right? How do we put back into the world? um, With intention. With intention. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I know we were talking about this before,
0: so I'm going to actually throw up the question now. Um, this, This idea of what does money actually mean to you, right? I think this gets to that heart of what is our belief behind money.
1: Well... I'm gonna I'm gonna coach a little bit. I'm just gonna put the question back to you. Like, what does money? I'm gonna ask you, Kim, like what does money bring you? Um, so
0: I, I think up until recently, I would have answered that question. Money brings me freedom. Right? Um, money brings me the ability to show up in the world fully the way that I want to show up in the world. Um that is, while it's true, it's also not true because those things can exist in the absence of money.
1: Right.
0: Money makes it a little easier, right? Money can, um, money is energy. Like I, I'm really leaning into this idea of money being energy, money being a, a human-made construct, money being something that... Um, we don't, we give our power over to so easily without even thinking about it. And yet if we have the ability to bring, to bring our power back to ourselves and then create a relationship with money that energetic exchange, just like Lynn Twist was talking about, like that place where money is flowing with intention and with gratitude. And so I feel like that place where I was, where money gives me freedom, still allows money to have the power instead of being in partnership with money Mm -hmm. to create what I want in, in the world.
1: Yeah, it's that whole relationship piece of it, right? I think we often forget. We put a lot of responsibility on money. Um, I can remember it wasn't that long ago where I felt like money in the form of my bank account was dictating what I did for a living. Um, and and it's really, that's a tough relationship to be able to navigate Um, And it can be quite toxic, really, when we think about it, Um, but really diving into understanding your relationship with money. And I love this because we did this um, little experiment around, right, if money, if you could personify money and it was a person in your life, what are you asking money to do for you? you? What are you expecting money to bring into your life or to take away What is that? What is that real relationship? And how do you how do you give your power away so easily? I, I think that I didn't think about money that way until um, until I did that exercise until I looked at money as a relationship. And how do I build a healthy relationship so that I can be um, autonomous? And, and still, you know, use money. I see Malik there in the comments, right? Money, money is a tool um, and it can be uh, used as a tool. Absolutely. Um, for what intention and for what purpose though? Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Um,
0: so another quote, cause I love quotes. <laughs> um, we have uh, this is from the Art of Money with uh, Barry Tesler. Let me put that one up there. Um, enough isn't out there, right? out in the world. It's a relationship that you already have. So when we think about enoughness with money, it's a relationship we already have. Unless you work on that first or simultaneously with how you're making money, you'll never feel like you have enough and you'll always feel poor. It's possible to feel fat when you're thin and to feel poor when you're rich the thing that changes is your relationship with enough. And I think that gets to the heart of this idea of the relationship, right? It's like making a conscious choice to be in relationship with money um, to have an understanding of that flow and the way that it does flow, and flow, flow in and flow out. If If I thought about having a relationship with a human, If I held on tightly because I didn't, I was afraid I wasn't enough for them to stay, what would happen? They would go. (laughs) (laughs) You're crazy lady. And they would go. And so what happens when you try and hold on and, and, you know, strangle money, it doesn't stick around right? You, you have to create that feeling of flow, that feeling of abundance and enoughness with your money to be able to have it grow and have it do the things that you want it to do. You also have to nurture it, right? You have to nurture it like you would nurture any relationship. Because if you just ignore it, how does it know how to show up for you?
1: Absolutely. And oftentimes we do that, right? I don't want to look at that. I don't want to, I don't want to know what's going on in that money space or with that relationship. And yeah, absolutely. So Kim, how do you think money or this relationship with money kind of impacts your desired income, like where you, where you are in your business or in your work? How does, how does that come into play? Uh, deeply. (laughs) (laughs) So I think
0: that when, um, when I didn't have this, the relationship that I have now with money, right. When I, when I was allowing it to have so much more power over me than I do now, you know, right now I see us as equals. Um, I was afraid to ask for a higher salary. I was afraid to, because I, I didn't necessarily, it was like, I'm worthy, but if I push too far, are you not going to see that I'm worthy anymore, right? Am I not going to be enough now, right? So that enoughness comes to play in there and that worthiness comes to play. And it comes from, you know, it, it's, it's that chicken and the egg. I, I don't feel enough. And so when it comes to money, how do I ask for more?
1: If you don't already feel enough, like you're enough. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, I think that's a big part of it. Um, I've seen a couple people really close to me um, in the last several weeks um, be driven towards a new career opportunity because of the significant increase in salary. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, And then get to that place to say, that's not what motivates or drives me. And so I think money stories, like we, we can bump along in our lives without really stopping to uh, look at it or question it. And it can drive us someplace we're clearly not wanting to be um, and taking a look at, at what that can be. Um, but it can absolutely impact. Right, You're no longer the driver of your of your of your journey.
0: Uh, Another personal example. I mean, I do, this does come up with my clients all the time, whether or not they're renegotiating a salary uh, increase at the current job, whether they're looking for a new position, whether they're setting um, the fees that they're charging their own clients, right? It's, it's not just when you work for somebody else, but it's also, and it's, it's deeply with business owners. I see, well, how can I charge that much? How can I, I, you know, I know what I give is worthy, like w- worth that amount, but will anybody else think it's that? And so that's again, a money money story. Um, for me, I know that, um, again, being in the nonprofit sector that I've talked about before is like w- money's a big thing. Money is, you know, w- there's this feeling of, of lack almost immediately. It's like, we ha- there's not enough money for that. Then we can't pay you that salary. And we can't do that because there's no money. And can you ask them if they can do it for free? And I feel like being surrounded by lack in that way has really impacted not only the industry, but the individuals within it. And I had already shifted out of that place of lack by the time I went into nonprofit. So I had a very different purview where I wasn't afraid to say, no, that's the salary that you need to pay me if you want me. Um, You know, not to be bitchy about it, but to be real that that's my worth and that's how I'm valuing my worth. And if you value it equally, then great. We can do this together. Um, But there's that just is not prevalent in that industry in particular and i know there are others as well particularly in social impact spaces right you have in education you have a lot of disparity but teachers you know i think we'll all agree teachers need to be paid more and across the board people in healthcare need to be paid more like Right? these are things that i don't want industries to collapse and yet organizations and businesses need to think about how they're valuing their employees and employees need to feel more into that value.
1: Right. and But it starts with you and your relationship. Yeah, that's 100 percent. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I know there's another question from Dan um, on how do you, how do money stories change over time? I think that's a great question. Louise, do you want to speak into that at all?
1: I think it has a lot to do with, well, two things. I think we hopefully get smarter or maybe not over time. And so we start to create our own stories or we stop, or we stop to think about those stories, right? And challenge them a little bit differently. Uh, I also strongly believe that our money stories come from the people we surround ourselves with. And we kind of soak it in, Um, without even realizing what's happening so we can carry these stories that often aren't our stories but we incorporate them without really being intentional around do I really believe that or is that really true if you know you surround yourself with people who are always from a place of lack or who are always from a place of enough, you start to question your own money stories and maybe incorporate some of those things that are just kind of floating around, again, static electricity, right? If we go back to currency, things start to stick and it gets kind of hard to see that it's stuck to you, being really intentional, pulling it off, looking on it and say, do I really believe that? Um, But yeah, money stories change over time, 100% for sure. Um, but I, mean, I think those are the two factors. How about you, Kim?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I would agree with those factors and I think t- talking, <laughs> like just using our words. I think having the ability to, to process it, um, ideally with other individuals allows us to start seeing where it's a story um, it's one of the things that that is beneficial in working working with someone like us is you have that opportunity to um, really get underneath what the stories are, and whether it's money, whether whether it's money, sex, religion, or any other topic out there. But um, it's hard it's it is hard. It's not impossible. Do we have Charlie again? <laughs> um, it's not impossible to do it on your own. It's just a lot more efficient to speak into it with someone else. Um, So whether it's in a group, if you can find um, a group uh, to share money stories with and kind of work through that process together. I know we had an opportunity to do that when we um, were in training Um, and and then working one-on-one with an individual as well, whether it's therapist or coach uh, or or maybe even an advisor. I know some advisors that that are really great at Uh, working through that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I want to know, as we kind of wrap up our yeah. weekly wrap up, yeah. what's, the, what's the one maybe money story or money saying? I love these sayings because there's millions of them. But what's a saying that you clearly don't believe anymore? Maybe something from, um, from growing up that that it just isn't true and you don't believe or say anymore. So I don't know that it was from when I was
0: growing up. Um, but it was definitely, uh, I went through a period where I, I was deep in lack and it was, um, I don't, again, I don't think it was from growing up because I didn't feel in lack growing up. Um, I think it was a series of, um, other emotional hardships that made me start to feel Mm -hmm. not enough, right? Enough is a big thing with me. Um, and I would immediately say, "Well, I can't afford that. Mm. I can't afford that. I can't afford that. I don't. I don't believe that anymore. I don't believe. And it's not words that I say anymore. It's not even if it's something that is um, potentially not doable right at the moment. If it's something that I want to pursue, I will figure out how to do it. But yeah, the I can't afford that. I can't do that. Is is not." I don't like those words anymore.
1: <laughs> How about you, Louise? Uh, so mine comes from uh, this whole idea that um, you need to work hard for your money. And that is absolutely uh, from my childhood and young adulthood. And uh, it's the money doesn't grow on trees. Mm. Right? But it's, did it's- talk about that. See, I knew we did somewhere. Money doesn't grow on trees. And it's this whole idea that money's not easy to come by. It's not going to magically fall from the sky. You got to work really hard for it. It's true. And I know where you can hear us talk more
0: about that on the Best Parts podcast, um, on the Idioms
1: episode, um, if you find that one. I
0: love
1: it. We can put it in the show notes. We'll put Um, it in the show notes. I knew we talked about this before.
0: (laughs) I'm not going crazy. No, you're not going crazy. So you want to check out the Best Parts podcast and you want to look for the idioms. Um, But we will um, include the link for that uh, in our show notes as well. So if you want to come back and check that out. We did. We talked about money stories because I remembered you talking about money doesn't grow on trees. (laughs)
1: So, and that's our other podcast, the best parts podcast. Um, this isn't our first All time. the parts, the best parts. That's, <laughs> that's not our first time coming together and just talking for a half an hour. Um, so weekly wrap up, <laughs> number two, under our belts. Um, and I hope that you, all our folks listening, um, have a fantastic week. And, <laughs> I was going to say fantastic. I'm really excited to wrap up my week because it is finally spring here in Winnipeg with some sunshine drying up some fairly wet fields and lawns. So I'm excited to get outside. So um, I hope everyone has a fantastic week.
0: And ha- for those of you who are celebrating, have a lovely Mother's Day.
1: Louise, happy Mother's Day. Thanks, Kim. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, join us uh, next week at 3 p.m. Mountain. 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 Yeah. Which would be. Can you do it fast? In my time zone? Yeah. Be- it's four here.
0: And It's five Mountain. in Eastern and two in Pacific. And we'll get to the GMT plus minus things later. We're not there.
1: Making yet. our way We're across there. the country. Um, yeah. All right. Have a good one. Have a good one. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.